you want to know what time it is? Well, let me tell you. It's time for the best day of the week. That's right. It's time to get your pickles out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Get Your Pickle Out podcast. Episode number 20, another milestone in the Get Your Pickle Out podcast dream. I'd like to again once more thank everyone for tuning in and welcome back to another show. We've got a few different exciting segments for you. We will be back with a few fan favourites. What's brand had for tea? We're also going to be having a look at what I've been playing this week, a popular return. We're going to be continuing our look at WandaVision and much, much more. And to start off, let's do just that. Let's talk about WandaVision. Now, we're going to be continuing on with our WandaVision watching. If you have watched WandaVision, this is going to be spoiler heavy. If you haven't watched it, feel free to skip this part. It's all time stamped in the bottom as usual. Feel free to jump back in afterwards. Listen to what I've got to say. Um, but spoiler free very, very quickly. Episode 3 of WandaVision is fantastic. It continues on the same essence that the show has got. And it's kind of made me very, very excited for the future. But now, spoiler warning, as we are going to discuss some heavy spoiler topics from WandaVision, with speculation into what the future of WandaVision may look like. Okay, so we are back in WandaVision, our first episode now in colour, and it's starting to get weirder and weirder. Now, Wanda is pregnant, and she is accelerating at an unnatural rate. There is a lot of jokes with a doctor saying, oh, how far down are you? And she's like, oh, 30 minutes. I think she says, and the doctor's like, you look like you're around six months pregnant. And then obviously Vision starts doing all kinds of maths. And towards the end of the episode, the babies are born. Now, if you do know a little bit about the comics, I personally have never read the comics. However, I do have a little bit of an understanding of what happens in them from watching other content creators and things like that. Um, it would appear that these twins are supernaturally gifted super beings, and in the future, they do come, become fully pledged heroes. It does seem like a natural progression for the show to maybe introduce these two super being children in this light. You know, we've already seen Wanda and her pregnancy accelerate at such a fast rate. We could see the children by the end of the series being teenagers or even small children small very gifted very talented children we'll only see you know what though i'm questioning whether or not they are even real there is something clearly going on in all three episodes now we've had a moment in which everything kind of comes to a grinding halt and we're sat with wonder with vision with some other characters and it's just very, very strange. In this episode, probably the biggest indicator of what is to come in the future is towards the end of the episode in which one of the other actresses in the program is with Wanda and she mentions Wanda's brother who was killed by Ultron. Now, this obviously was events that happened in Avengers The Age of Ultron. And with this, kind of makes Wanda snap a little bit. She gets really pissed and blasts the other actress through some dimensional portal into what appears to be a military base. Now, 
I don't know if this is a bit of a red herring and it's an attempt to make us think that this entire world is set in Wanda's mind, which has been very heavily speculated. And it's a great story if that's the case, but it might just be a little bit too obvious. You know, at the minute, we are only three episodes into it, what I believe to be an eight-part series. And I don't think that the, the writers are going to spoil the, the larger overarching story so fast. There's still a lot more they can do, but I do believe that the children we are seeing aren't real. I believe in some regard, they are an accumulation of Wanda's mind. I don't think that this entire world is being generated by Wanda though. There's already a lot of evidence that indicates there is some form of TV and someone is watching that TV. There has to be hidden forces behind this entire thing. For me, it just seems too too one-dimensional to, for it to all be a accumulation inside Wanda's head. Yes, the vision is dead. Yes, if Wanda was to have a perfect life, it would probably be this. But I truly think that somebody is setting up Wanda. And the rumours of Wanda being the next villain, I don't think are going to be true. I mean, it would be great and Wanda would make a great vision, a great vision, a great villain with a lot of overarching... It's like when a hero becomes bad. You have so many feelings towards that character that it makes it a very, very hard character to not root with. When a hero turns bad, it's like seeing your best friend of 10, 15 years suddenly drifting away. And then we're back into a very um, Civil War-esque style in which we have people maybe who will stick with Wanda versus people who would stick with the other side. That other side, we're not sure who that is. But... I really think that this is not going to be a Wanda becomes a villain story. I think we are seeing a villain or another being manipulating Wanda to try and get something. Most likely use her powers. Most likely trying to get into her head to make her cause some kind of destruction. Very similar to that of what we've already seen in Captain America Civil War in which Zemo Baron was this manipulative person. He was not using his brawn strength to get the job done. He was using his brains. Could Barrow Zemo be in WandaVision? It, I wouldn't put it past him. You know, he's alive and he's still in the universe. And he has clearly done this mental manipulation before. And Wanda is a brilliant character to mentally manipulate. It was an already occurring theme in the Age of Ultron. And I think this could be working very, very well. He's already tried to turn the Avengers on each other in Civil War, in which he pitted Iron Man against Captain America. But now he's gone for probably one of the most ferocious forces in the MCU. With the Hulk in this idle state and with the Hulk not really being a very big character in the MCU anymore, being Professor Hulk, the more tame, weaker version, Wanda and Probably Captain Marvel are the two most superior beings in the universe. Captain Marvel, obviously, on her space adventures and things like that. Could we see a little showdown of Captain and Marvel versus Scarlet Witch? That would be a fantastic story. Two very high-powered super beings going head-to-head. I still think WandaVision has a lot of potential, and I look forward to continuing this story with you guys as well. As always, let me know your thoughts. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another segment of What did Brad Pickle have for 
Ti. That's right, play that air horn. So what did Bram Pickle have for tea? Now this week, we had a very, very special tea. My father's chosen tonight's tea, and I'm going to review it live on stream. So we had steak and ale pie, served that with some Spanish omelette, and some garden peas. Now I know what you're thinking, Bram Pickle. That's a wacky, wacky combination. Well, yeah, it was a wacky combination, but you know what? It actually surprisingly worked. Spanish omelette is a fantastic alternative to normal potatoes. And I know what you're thinking, that, that's just really weird, like, Spanish omelette is a dish by itself. But no, it's quite carby, it's very delicious, and it's a lot more filling than normal potato. Hear me out, hear me out. Next time you order fish and chips, <laughs> get a Spanish omelette with it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not capping. Spanish omelette, I'm taking this to the grave. Spanish omelette is a fantastic alternative to potato. I get so fed up and tired of eating potatoes. Or pasta for every single carb. And I want different carbs. Spanish omelette does that for me. And so what am I going to rate this tea out of 10? The Spanish omelette was a little bit salty. The pie was a little bit bland. But it was kind of nice when I mixed them together. The garden peas added that. That I really, really like in my dishes. I'm going to rate this one. 7 out of 10. Now let's hop back into. Brown pickle. What? Have you been playing this week? Now, this week I've had a very, very different week. I have been playing uh, quite an old game, but it is free on Xbox Game Pass. You know how much I love Xbox Game Pass. I will take that to the grave. The Xbox Game Pass is great. But this week I have played UFC Free. Now, I have been doing some looking online. I've been doing a little bit of researching. And I have found out that the differences between... UFC 3 and UFC 4, which is the most latest game, are very, very minimal. Like, they're essentially exactly the same game in terms of gameplay, and etc, etc. Which is a little bit scary for the franchise. It's a little bit scary that they're taking that FIFA approach of trying to release a new game every single year, and barely putting anything different in it. And it will not surprise you one bit who is the developer of the UFC games. Of course, it's the game developers which make pretty much every single sport title on the planet. That is, of course, EA Sports. So the game. EA Sports develop UFC, and the UFC is growing in popularity. It's probably one of the only sports that hasn't been affected by the coronavirus pandemic. They've What they've done over at the UFC is they've moved from state to state as the pandemic got larger. So, for example, they were in Florida for quite a large amount of time because in Florida, they were allowed to do sporting events. Since they had an agreement with a little island in Abu Dhabi to take over it and it become Fight Island. With all this in mind, the UFC has only grown in popularity as people that like live sports typically will watch most live sports. And UFC has been growing with popular names like Conor McGregor, Khabib, and, you know, Nate Diaz, uh, Jorge Masvidal, all these fighters which are now very much household names. Conor McGregor was probably the absolute footing of this, who he kind of introduced a market to that badass mentality he had where he was constantly in the news for doing stuff that he did. And I really think that the UFC, a lot of its success, does ride off that Conor McGregor bad boy approach. 
And it it catapulted Conor McGregor into... Conor McGregor now is probably one of the most well-known UFC fighters. One of the most well-known MMA fighters on the planet. He isn't the best MMA fighter in any regards. You know, he's not like John Jones or even Kahib when it comes to his skill level. But it's his attitude and his personality and his persona. It almost brought the sense of like a WWE experience to the UFC. But let's not get off track. I believe that the EA Sports understand this and they are going to start to pump more and more UFC games out. It's obvious. It's another cash cow for them to jump in on. As the UFC grows in popularity, more people want to play UFC games. And with that comes the opportunity for them to pump it out. This played very well in my favour because it meant that I got to play EA's UFC 3 for free on Xbox Game Pass. Xbox Game Pass has now got a deal with EA Play so that all the EA Play titles can be played on the Xbox Game Pass. So I delved into the UFC 3. What did I think of this game? It is a lot of fun. Even if you're not a UFC fan, even if you're not an MMA fan, there is just something about getting into a ring, bashing some buttons, and just punching someone a lot. That is a lot of fun. Everyone secretly loves fighting games. I really believe that fighting games are one of the most underrated genres of games on the planet. You want to know why? Because nobody has the patience to sit and learn loads of random wacky combos. You only have to look at Street Fighter and how popular that game has been for so many years in terms of the fighting genre. And the reason that that state is so popular is because people know the moves. <laughs> people know the moves. Throw in a brand new game like Dragon Ball Z Fighters and people have to relearn moves, there's new moves, etc, etc. It just overcomplicates it. I think this is where Super Smash Brothers really made themselves prominent in the market as it was a very very easy pick up and play fighting game but it had a very very high skill level people could pick up the game and they would get a few they'd get a few eliminations they they could play the game whereas if you step into street fighter with someone who's been playing it for a week and you don't have a clue what you're doing you are going to get absolutely flawed there's no doubt about that same with dragon ball fighter z if you step into that and think, you know what, I really like Dragon Ball games, I'm going to play this game. And then you step in and you go against someone who's been playing it for a couple of months, you are going to get absolutely obliterated. It's just the very nature of fighting games. And this is what I think UFC 3 does really, really well. It is a fantastic fighting game with a high level of skill. But it's also very, very easy to just pick up and play. The controls are super, super simple. The top button on your controller, in my instance, it was the Y button, controls your right hand. The X button controls your left hand. The B button controls your right kick or right leg. And then the A button controls your other leg. So it's really, really easy to know exactly where you're going to be punching, where you're going to be kicking. And it, it kind of makes it so anyone can play it. You know, if you want to do a 1-2, you press X and Y. How simple is that? Obviously, it does get more and more complicated than that. You start adding things like combinations and things which obviously are very, very prominent in the UFC. 
fighters use combinations. They don't just throw one punch and then that's it. You know, they're throwing a one, a two, a hook, a kick, then back in for a hook and that kind of thing. And as you play the game more and more, the skill level progresses with you. Now, for me, I was playing this game in the same weight category as Conor McGregor. The reason I was doing that is because Conor McGregor was fighting at the weekend and it was a little bit of a build up for that. For me, the skill level took a massive jump when I fought the, fought the Russian bear, Kahib. Now, what makes Kahib very different than the other fighters on the game is Kahib has a heavy submission and heavy wrestling style gameplay. And for me, this is where this game gets a little bit weak. The submission and ground game, it is a bit of a... You have no idea what you're doing and you just have to hope for the best and hope you don't get tapped out. The The way you get out of a submission is like on the right stick. You have to, there's a bar and you have to get it all the way to the end. And to stop you moving the bar, the other player literally has to push their stick in the same direction. Now you can go up, down, left or right and it's a bit of a quick mini game. But it's such a hard game with very little skill that it's more random look than anything, if that makes sense. And so Kahib's character takes a big advantage of this, where the, the grappling is very random, as he's a very, very good grappler. His character, you will, you'll step in, you'll try and fight him at his own game, and he will just take you to the floor, get you in a submission, and make you tap straight away. You can't... It, but, 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 of course, he isn't unstoppable... I did manage to beat him towards the end, but only with a very well-set tactical gameplay. Gameplay, game plan. Anyone that's ever done any kind of fighting will realize that fighting isn't as simple as running into a ring and going bop, 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 punching each other until the other one goes down. There's a lot of movement in it. There's a lot of footwork. And this is what UFC does really, really well. The stand-up game, the punching, the movement... The fact that you can switch stances and throw different combinations. There's a skill tree that's very similar to that of an RPG style in which you go to different gyms, you do training camps with popular fighters from the UFC, and they teach you different moves. For example, you can get Muay Thai abilities, you can get spinning roundhouse kicks, you can get axe kicks. And because you're developing these skills as... As you go and you add them to your arsenal, it kind of helps you to learn the different moves and learn how to utilize those moves. My absolute favorite move ended up being this spinning roundhouse heel kick because I'd be stood there, I'd be in position, he'd step in and boom, I'd spin around the back and take his head off. Now, I'm in quite a lucky position. If you know who I am, you know Bram Pickle, then you know that I actually partake in Muay Thai boxing, which means maybe for me it was a lot easier to pick up the movement side of things, you know, constantly moving, and maybe that's why I enjoyed the stand-up a little bit more. If any big game developers are listening, go and make a Muay Thai game. A Muay Thai game would be one of the most fun games on the planet. The reason Muay Thai boxing is so popular in other countries, not so as much popular over here, but people that do like it, really, really like it, is it's all the fun of MMA without the grappling. Everyone knows the grappling in MMA is kind of the boring part. It's good to watch, and it's really nice to see, 
really technical fighting and people holding each other down and looking for that one little move that's just going to grab their opponent in the right way and then suddenly they've got them in a big lock but it is still boring to watch even someone that appreciates good wrestling knows that wrestling is boring to watch i am challenging you game developers somebody make a high quality muay thai game the only problem is with muay thai game the appeal for it is going to be pretty hard. You're going to have to do some serious advertisement. You know, maybe even get some very popular UFC fighters with a Muay Thai background to, to star in the game. Get Darren Till starring in it. Get John Jones starring in it. Even Conor McGregor with his kind of Muay Thai X taekwondo style of fighting. Get him in it. It's a face for the sport. And Conor McGregor has had Muay Thai fights in the past. Would I recommend UFC 3 to someone that just wants to play a fun game? Yes, I would. I would recommend this game even if yourself is not an MMA fan. It's simple, it's really, really easy to pick up, and it is kind of fun. And with it being on the Xbox Game Pass, if you are an Xbox owner, there is absolutely nothing to lose in this situation. It's a yes, yes from me. UFC Fight Pass, not UFC Fight Pass, UFC Free gets the brand pickle approval, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, what else do we have in video game news this week? Well, well, well. Cyberpunk 2077 has released its first major patch. That's right, the developers of the game... Didn't lie when they said they were going to continue the development of this game as it's been released and they've released a 1.1 patch. Now, there is still problems with this game as is evident. The game has been an absolute mess. Now, apparently it does work surprisingly well on that of the Xbox Series X, that, which I own, and also that of the PS5. Of course, PCs are absolutely fine, dependent on your particular PC. The game where I think it really struggled is it came out at a time when the new Xboxes and Playstations had just been released. A lot of people didn't own them. And because it was advertised and sold as the title that was available on the Playstation 4 and the Xbox One, it's clear that that's where the mistakes have been made. For me, I think the company just needs to bite its tail and say, you know what, let's just refund everyone who's got a copy on the Xbox One and get on with it. It's been in the news this week that it actually was the highest ever digital opening weekend of a game ever, which is insane. The amount of money that Project Red have made is insane over how happy the fan base actually were. I think a lot of people got involved in the hype and bought it before really doing much research. And I am part of that, that problem. I bought it and I have barely played it. What I think a very interesting stat would be to look at is number of purchases crossed with time played. Now, I know some people absolutely loved it and they've pumped 200 hours into it. I personally could not get into it that much. Um, I thought it was a fantastic game from what I did play, um, but there was just a few too many game-breaking bugs for me. And because of that, I thought, you know what? I don't want to play this game in this current state. I am going to hold off the brakes, and I'm going to revisit it in the future. And that's the decision I'm sticking with. Do I go in at 1.1 patch? 
you know what, I might, I might have a dabble. I might have a go, replay it from the start, see if I can get an hour, two hours in without some game-breaking massive-ass bug, and you'll see what I can do from there. Because I am very, very intrigued by the game. I love MMO games. I love RPG games. And I love that kind of style of game with a lot of progression, a lot of customization. I really enjoy the GTA games as well. For me, this game seems fantastic. And I do want it to succeed. I do want it to be a good game. What other hot tippets have been in the news of gaming world this week? Well, speaking of Microsoft, speaking of the Xbox Game Pass with the UFC... Microsoft decided that they were going to change the pricing of their Xbox Live Gold from £60 a year to £60 for six months. It was a very, very strange decision. It near enough doubled the cost of Xbox Live Gold platform, which is very, very strange for them to do. They, It's really strange well because Xbox has previously made it so you can't play... A free-to-play game unless you have an Xbox Live Gold subscription, which no other gaming platform does. Even Nintendo, who don't have always been absolutely atrocious when it comes to online play, have allowed you to play things like Fortnite for free. It was a very, very bizarre choice from Xbox. But, obviously when this was announced, news spread fast over the internet, and people were absolutely pissed. You're talking you would need an extra $120 a year to play your Xbox Series X, which you'd already fished out about $600 for. Now, I'm from the UK, so it would have been about £100. I paid about £440 for my Xbox. That's a lot of money. Now, I understand that a lot of people who play their Xbox will play it pretty much every day, two, three times a week. But it still doesn't justify the cost. And, you know, you're, you're already paying for things like internet, and etc, etc. But the internet was hot in pursuit of Microsoft. And Microsoft quickly reeled this off. They kind of went, nah, you know what, let's not do that. And they also made the announcement that they would be changing free-to-play games. So they are free-to-play without Xbox Live Gold. A great move for Microsoft, to be honest. Did, was it a bit of a publicity stunt? I like to think so. I really think that they wanted to announce that you could now play games for free on Xbox Live Gold without having to just make quite a lackluster announcement like that. They wanted to show people that they really listened to the fans and they decided to do this bit of a price hiatus in order to create an appeal for the real announcement which was you can now play free-to-play games on xbox live gold it kind of made that announcement a little bit bigger a little bit better and it brought xbox back into the limelight for all the wrong reasons <laughs> but good news out the xbox live gold will be staying the same price bad news for those kids that are going to be playing a lot more Fortnite now and the parents who are going to probably get roped into microtransactions and all that kind of thing. But, you know, each to their own. What else has been in gaming news this week? A trailer has been released for an upcoming film. Yes, not gaming news, film news. For Godzilla vs. King Kong. Now, anyone who is a fan of either Monster or just Monster Battles in general, this is one to get excited for. 
it pits two of probably the most famous monsters in history against each other in a classic battle. We've seen the trend for the past few years in, you know, I've already spoke to, spoken about it today, Captain America Civil War, which pitted Captain America versus Iron Man. We've seen Batman versus Superman. And we see constant battles of heroes and people's favourite on-screen iterations of characters clashing. Is this going to be the next big thing? Godzilla taking on King Kong. I personally think this is going to be one of those films that looks really, really great in all the trailers. In all the trailers, it's going to be absolutely epic. They're going to be focusing on all the battles and all that kind of stuff. And it's just mad. I think it's going to be one of them films where they maybe have one big fight. And then, oh my god, look, it's the bigger guy. <laughs> There's another big monster that we need to take down. Come on, Godzilla King Kong. Let's team up and take on this bad guy. And that's what we're going to see. We've seen it already in Batman vs. Superman. We kind of seen it in Avengers Civil War. Sorry, Captain America Civil War, but it was kind of a more strung out story leading into Avengers Endgame in which they finally made up and then they, they faced the bigger guy, which was Thanos. But I really, really think it's going to be one of those kind of scenarios. There just isn't enough plot and story points to do when it's just Godzilla taking on King Kong. Obviously, that's what everyone wants to see. Everyone wants to see the two monsters punching each other through buildings they want to see godzilla shooting laser beams and cutting buildings down they want to see king kong climbing and scaling and jumping off and high five slapping godzilla in the face man the fights in this film are going to be epic but i think it's not going to live up to the hype the hypermeter is low in this one i believe the hypermeter is going to be like cyberpunk excessive amounts of hype which is going to be very very hard to play off does that mean i'm not excited for this film though man i'm excited for the cinemas to be open i'm excited to actually be able to go sit in a cinema and just enjoy myself in a post-corona world well let's talk about pre-corona world in pre-corona world before i was doing this podcast before i was making any kind of online content Every single Monday I used to have off, and every single Monday, if I wasn't off, I used to do it in the evening, every single Monday I would go to the cinema by myself. I would go to Home and Bargain on the way, I'd pick up a can of grape, grape fizzy drink, not grape fanta, sometimes it was grape fanta, but there was like a Jamaican grape one as well, which was really, really good. I'd pick up the grape fanta, I'd pick up a pack of jelly beans, and off I would drive to my closest cinema. Entry at the cinema was £5. I'd walk up to the till. Mr. Man behind the bing. I will have one ticket, please. And I would go and watch a random film all by myself. And no word of a lie, it was my favourite day of the week. I would rather do that than go into nightclubs. I'd rather do that than go and swim in. I'd... It is my favourite activity in the entire world. To go to the cinema by myself is the best thing that I can ever do. And it is what I miss more than anything. Am I a weirdo? 
Most probably. But you know what? I love it. So I'm going to continue to do me. See you at the cinema buying you one ticket because I'll be there. And maybe when we come back, I can do the film of the week review with you guys. I can talk about what film I've seen the week. Then I can do live reactions. It could be a big Hollywood blockbuster. It could be a really small comedy. It could just be a film. I like to go and watch kid films as well, you know. I go and see Sonic the Hedgehog by myself. I went to see Detective Pikachu by myself. This is what I'm missing out more than anything in a corona world. The cinema. God bless the cinema. And God bless the fact that it's not all gone onto Netflix streaming services yet. Because that will be a sad time for Bram Pickle, definitely. But I think that's all we're going to have time for this week. Bit of a shorter podcast than usual. Um, there isn't really much more we need to discuss. Next week, I'm going to be reviewing a brand new game that's coming out exclusively on the Xbox Game Pass. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's just play it. We'll see what happens. It's a game that is an Xbox exclusive. Hopefully, it's really good. From what I've seen of it so far, it seems like quite a bit of a psychological thriller, which in this day and age is a very, very different game indeed. But, you know, only time will tell in terms of how good it actually is going to be. Let us hope that it is a good game and it sets a precedent for what is expected of Microsoft exclusives in the future. But as always, you guys know where you can find me. You can find me with all of my links in the bio. Head over to my Beacons page to take a little look for yourself. Um, but as always, thank you for coming down. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Get your pickles out. Peace, love, and everything in between. See ya.